Thanks for tuning in to the Living Grace in Today's World podcast, brought to you by Grace Bible Church in Georgetown, Texas. Our pastor, Dave Roberts, shares this message from the Bible about God's gift of grace and what it looks like to be people of grace in today's world. It is our prayer that you will see how different God's grace really is from everything else. Welcome to Living Grace in Today's World. Enjoy! Welcome. Thanks for joining us today on the Grace Bible Church podcast, Living Grace in Today's World. And before I get into the subject today, I want you to know uh, where we're going to be heading in the future with this podcast. You'll hear me talk a lot about grace, uh, but to get a full picture of grace, we need to also talk about truth. Uh, John 1.14 says, Jesus came full of grace and truth. And when you take a look at today's culture, we see so many current values that are colliding with biblical truth. Everything from gender identity to sexual preference to even things like economic policy, the role of government, or the meaning of history. They're all being presented in such anti-biblical ways, it seems. So this podcast is meant to expose the lies of the current age, but, but then identify how we live in the grace of Christ in the midst of an increasingly hostile culture. What we often see is that Christian people are so incensed by the current trends that they become hostile in return. They're full of truth, just not full of grace. So my intention with these first episodes is to lay down a foundation of what we mean when we say the word grace, and then use the true meaning of grace to filter culture through as we look at the truth of current trends. I hope you'll hang with us as we explore this, and please share this podcast with others that you think might benefit from it. Also, I would welcome feedback. Uh, you can go to our church website at gbcgt.org and click on the little mail option, and uh, I'd love to hear from you. So, we've been talking about grace in these opening episodes, and I'm going to continue today uh, by looking at what it is that God's grace actually accomplishes within the heart of a believer in Christ, because I think there's some misunderstanding of that. We're going to look at spiritual identity. You probably realize that uh, identity is one of the main cultural subjects of our day. It's become popular to actually change one's biological identity by choosing a new gender. I heard recently that there are now many genders, maybe as many as a hundred or more. Silly me, I thought there were only two biological identities, male and female. Genesis 1.27 says, God created man in his own image. In the image of God, he created him, male and female. He created them. I don't see a whole lot of room for over a hundred genders. So here's one thing we need to understand as followers of Christ. Identity is not a personal preference. (laughs) It's a statement of what is known to already be true. Every person and everything have identifying characteristics that are just factual. They're not opinion. I mean, I can call a chair an elephant, uh, but it doesn't make it one. The facts are still the facts. Well, I can call myself a woman, act like a woman, dress like a woman, but that doesn't change the biological fact that I'm a guy. (laughs) 
And when I begin to believe I am something I am not, it puts me in conflict with my true God-given identity. When I look at all that's going on in the cultural shift today, uh, I'm reminded of this quote from C.S. Lewis. He says this, Once people stop believing in God, the problem is not that they will believe in nothing. Rather, the problem is that they will believe anything. I'm sure you're wondering, what has all this got to do with grace? Well, quite a bit, actually. Because just as we have all been given a biological identity, we have a spiritual identity. Every person has a spiritual identity. We are what we are spiritually, and again, Scripture only gives us two choices. Our spiritual identity is either that of sinner or that of saint. It doesn't allow for a mixture of the two or something altogether different, a third or fourth or fifth or hundredth option. (laughs) Why is this important? Because perceived identity drives behavior. (laughs) Just think of it. If I think I'm an ape, I may go out and swing from trees and eat bananas. Doesn't make me an ape. But it drives my behavior. If I think I'm a baby, I'll eat baby food and cry for mommy. But all of those are simply false identities. And if I believe them to be true, however, they will drive how I behave. So back to my original premise that we can only be a sinner or a saint. You are one or the other. So I ask you, are you a sinner or are you a saint? And often when I ask that question, people feel very, very uncomfortable grabbing on to the label saint because they know themselves and feel so unqualified. But I'm not asking about your behavioral performance. I'm asking about your identity. Just because sometimes you act like a sinner, it doesn't change your identity of saint. You are a saint not because of what you have done, but because of what was done on your behalf by Christ. His sacrifice opened the door to sainthood. His forgiveness of our sins clears the path for his holiness to breathe life into our soul. He is holy. He brings that holiness to live in us. And by the way, the Greek word for saint and holy are essentially the same word, hagias. Saint is best translated as a holy one. Paul addresses his letters to who? Well, to the saints of each church. He doesn't address it to, oh, all of you sinners saved by grace waiting uh, around until the second coming. No. He says, because of the presence of Christ in your life, you have been declared saint. As a believer, your true identity is that of saint because of the presence of the Holy One who lives in you. I love this quote from Michael Wells. He says this, The disciples of Christ are holy, chosen, set apart, new creations, righteous, and children of God. The commands suit us, fit us, are comfortable for us, and give us satisfaction. Why is it that when we sin, we are uncomfortable? Because we're not suited for sin. Too often we have been manipulated by guilt, constantly having our failures pointed out, brainwashed into believing that we're just sinners waiting for heaven. 
And then the very teachers who persuade us we are nothing but sinners act so surprised when we sin. Sinners sin. How could that statement shock anybody? However, the Bible does not refer to believers as sinners but as saints, and saints are not suited for the mode of living as a sinner. Well, this came home to me in uh, a huge way on my recent trip to Moldova in Eastern Europe. I, I go there each year, teach at Moldova Bible Seminary, and uh, been doing that for about 18 years now. This year, I, I taught a class on comparative worldviews, and we're going to explore some of that material in subsequent episodes on this podcast. But uh, I bring it up here because at the end of the class this year, I received a testimony from one of my students uh, who was around 19, 20 years of age. One day I taught in chapel about this same subject of grace and how it changes our identity. And here is what this girl wrote to me. She said this, From my early childhood till I was 16 years old, I was attending a conservative church. They were always pointing out to us our sins, saying that we're all sinners, poor things, always repenting, asking God for forgiveness. What was the effect of that? It repelled me from God and religion in general. But you opened my eyes to the good news and the truth that I cannot live a Christian life on my own. I realized that I am not capable of making myself do good deeds, not to sin, to be a saint, and so on. But I can let Jesus live his life through me and focus on him. I can become good friends with Jesus. Get to know and love him so that I wouldn't have to display a good side of me, but instead be filled with his kindness and love. <laughs> I like that statement. She says, I can become good friends with Jesus. I think she's, she's getting it. It's not about your performance. It's about your identity and who you are. Christian, do you believe you've been completely changed at your core identity when Christ entered your life? Do you believe that? Well, you may object and present evidence of your sinful behavior as proof there has been no change. I object to your objection because your behavior is not what decides truth. God does. His word says in 2 Corinthians 5.17 that anyone who is in Christ is a new creature. The old things passed away. New things have come. So the question is whether or not you will believe the truth, even if it doesn't line up with your feelings or even your experience. Here's an example. Let's say on a Sunday after I preach, somebody comes up and says, you're not a very good preacher. In fact, you ought to quit. What are my feelings saying to me at that moment? Well, they may be all over the map. I may be hurt or, or mad or, or confused or disgusted or, or maybe in agreement. Maybe I do need to quit. Yeah. So what am I going to do with it? I'm going to find out what is true. Is, is anything they said, does it ring true at all? I need to consider that. If it doesn't, I need to focus on what God has called me to do. We can't let our feelings dictate our beliefs. You may feel so hurt sometimes that you start to agree with an opinion that has been given to you, and, and you do quit. You may get so angry that you believe the man who said those words needs to pay for his words, and you seek some kind of revenge of some sort. 
But again, I ask that question, what is the truth? I've come to realize in my life that uh, when I'm struggling over identity or challenges to who I really am as a saint of God, I, I, I find myself gravitating to the first chapter of the book of Ephesians. It's become one of my favorite chapters in Scripture because it, it's kind of like a battering ram. It pounds into us the truth of our identity. In Ephesians 1, we learn the truth that we are saints. We're blessed, chosen, holy, blameless, loved, predestined. We're adopted into a new family. We're completely forgiven. We're bathed lavishly in grace. And he has chosen to reveal his divine will to us. And folks, that's just the first nine verses of the chapter. That's the truth about the believer in Christ. That's the truth about you. You are not what others say about you. You are not what you even say about yourself. Your identity has been determined by God himself and his transforming grace. This thing of truth is critical. And it pertains to every area of life. Uh, case in point, when I was in Moldova last week, I asked the students a question. And before I tell you what I asked them, you have to understand the background. Moldova is a former Soviet republic and sits geographically just to the west of Ukraine. In fact, Ukraine borders Moldova on the north and the east and the south. Over the past year, refugees from the war have just been pouring into Moldova. And as Moldovans are helping these refugees, in the back of their mind is this constant question, are we next? So, my question to my students was this, how do you feel about Vladimir Putin? It didn't take long. Immediately, their feelings were clear what they thought of Vladimir Putin. Evil, detestable. Then I asked them this question. Does God love Vladimir Putin? This put them into an internal conflict (laughs) because they're wrestling with their feelings and what they know to be true. They know God loves him. They know God loves everybody. Oh, but their feelings are crying out for wrath upon Mr. Putin. Uh, We we all face these kinds of internal conflicts where our feelings are screaming things to us we know are just not true. They're not compatible with our new identity of Christ living his holy saint life in us. Sometimes we may feel unloved or neglected by God, but Yet we know it's not true. Sometimes we might feel that God doesn't really understand my situation or what I'm going through. Yet we know that's not true. It all comes back to the subject of this podcast. What is my true God-given identity and will I believe it? If you're a believer in Christ, you are a holy one. You are a saint. (laughs) Believe it. Live it, and your behavior will begin to catch up, and your feelings that are always stragglers, they'll eventually get in line with your behavior and your beliefs. Remember, beliefs drive behavior, which then result in the way you feel. Live that way. Don't live backwards. Don't let your feelings drive your behavior, and then decide your beliefs from that. That's what I call backwards living. (laughs) 
Believe what is true. Believe what God's word says about you, and it will lead to a change in your behavior. And your feelings, well, they'll eventually just get in line. Thank you so much for joining us today. We do hope that you've enjoyed this episode today. If you'd like to learn more about Grace Bible Church in Georgetown, Texas, please visit us at gbcgt.org. Many blessings from our church family to yours.